0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. and Welcome everybody to the show here today. I'm happy to be at the Porky Kale Classic kickoff lunch with high school football just around the corner. We're looking forward to being a part of that with all of you next week but for now we've got our normal business to take care of which means talking about Georgia football now in the midst of its preseason camp its fall camp whatever you want to call it it always seems weird to me to call it fall camp when it's eight million degrees outside there's something about the word fall and these practices that doesn't quite seem to go together especially with it being as hot as it's been and some of our folks like uh, Mike Griffith and Connor Riley who've been on hand for these Georgia practices can tell you how hot it has been I mean you think fall you sort of think pumpkin spice latte and maybe curling up with a blanket like no one's doing that when it comes to these Georgia practices right now but nonetheless you kind of call it fall camp and it is underway for Georgia and it's not just a chance to give some observations although uh, Connor Riley had another good slate of those at dog nation yesterday it's not just that it's also a chance to hear from the Georgia coaches and players and get their perspective on all of this too and that's actually where I want to begin here today because when you go back and look at Kirby Smart's press conference from last week, and you can watch the full press conference that Smart was a part of on our YouTube page that, at Dog Nation on YouTube. When you watch that near the very beginning of that press conference, Kirby Smart actually said, of all the things we've heard from Kirby this summer, whether it be random radio interview or SEC media days or appearance at some celebrity golf tournament, whatever it might have been, of all the things we've heard from Smart here over the course of the summer, my favorite thing that Smart has said this summer and the thing that I think the Georgia fans ought to both pay attention to and really, I think you'll really enjoy this came from Smart near the beginning of that press conference. If you want to go back to last week. So in light of a lot of everything else that's been said around the SEC and college football here, as of late, let me let you hear Kirby Smart on the topic of what Georgia no longer has and who it is that's going to step up and try to fill the gap from all those great players, that led Georgia to a national championship a year ago. This is a perfect tone setter for the Georgia practices right now and the season that is to come. This is Kirby Smart from last week.
1: We got a lot of good players to replace and um, we got a lot of good players to replace them with. So it's about getting the right guys on the bus and getting the guys in the right seats, just like it is every year. We talked to him last night about the number of snaps to replace. It's uh, remarkable the number of snaps especially special teams that we have to replace i mean a lot of your core defensive players make up your special teams so um there's a lot of uh experience there that's gone so they've been excited uh opportunistic um so guys have changed their bodies a little bit in better shape and i'm excited to see them go practice they're excited to get out there
0: First of all, as a Georgia fan, it always makes me excited. Anytime Kirby used the word excited as many times as he did in that clip, his own excitement, the player's excitement, everybody's just excited, right? And I like that. And if you go back and see some of the stuff we saw at SEC media days or some of the other times in which we've kind of connected with Georgia coaches or players recently, there does seem to be a little bit of a palpable excitement. Now, how do you measure that? And what does it mean? We don't really know that. But Better that than the alternative, heads down, staring at feet, shuffling in, dragging in. You certainly don't see much example of that from Georgia. But the thing that I like about what Smart said there, maybe more than anything else is, is that there's no concession from Kirby. There is no hedging of the bets emotionally. You know, Smart acknowledges, and this is like not a question that he's answering here. This is from his opening statement of his introductory press conference to begin the season in Athens last week. And in that opening statement, that opening remark, Smart acknowledges two things. Yes, we lost a lot of great players, but we still have, and you heard it say that a moment ago, a lot of very good players to step in, in place of all of that. And I like setting the tone that way. Of, hey, you don't hear a lot of whining and complaining of, oh my gosh, how are we uh, going to handle this without Jordan Davis? Or, oh my gosh, how are we going to handle this without Nicobe Dean, or without George Pickens, or without blah, 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 without anybody that Jordan may have lost? two great running backs, and on and on you could go. You don't hear any kind of hedge of, well, you know, it's just a rebuilding year. We don't have these uh, 15 draft picks and five first runners on defense anymore. And admittedly, Smart was asked about the idea of a rebuilding year in that same press conference. And he kind of sort of sidestepped the entire thing. He didn't go down that road at all. Didn't sort of contribute to or participate in that narrative whatsoever. But pretty clearly, Smart is not trying to set a lower expectation at the beginning of the season. He's not trying to lower the bar. He's not trying to tell Georgia fans of, hey, you know, the championship expectations that you always have, well, I hope you enjoyed last year's trophy because this is a team that's much younger, that's much less experienced. You know, some coaches might in certain situations say that, but that's not what Smart said there at all. He didn't dampen the expectations really at all. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. For Georgia fans who under Kirby Smart have come to expect, the idea of a championship as a possibility at the end of every season, that doesn't change because Georgia finally got across the finish line last year, that the expectations that you will have for the 2022 season are no different than they would have been in 2020 or in 2019 or in 2018, or even in 2017. If you want to go back to smart second year on the job that Georgia fans have come to believe that they have the collection of talent and coaching acumen, you know, the, the, the program, resources to make championships possibility and had that not happened in 2021 there'd be plenty of Georgia fans who looked at 2022 as maybe this is the year where that breakthrough occurs and maybe this is the year where Georgia gets over that hump well guess what just because it happened in 2021 doesn't mean it can't happen again in 2022 as hard as it'll be to do that doesn't mean it can't happen again and smart with that opening remark there going back to uh, last week certainly doesn't do anything to lower the bar uh, of expectation. In fact, when it comes to a position group in particular, and this was also maybe among the most fascinating things that he said last week, zeroing in on maybe like one position group where it would seem like, you know, relative to the, to the number of guys on the field that you have the most to replace might be an inside linebacker. You lose a first round pick in Quay Walker. You lose the Buckus award winner in uh, uh, Nicobe Dean. You lose the guy like Channing Tindall who was impactful in the national championship game like if there was ever a place in which oh my gosh you've lost so much and oh my gosh you've got so much you know relative inexperienced stepping in place of that once again when like zeroing in on that position group in particular smart once again given the chance of saying hey we've lost a lot but look at what we have now, he kind of does that related to the inside linebacker position let me let, let, me let you hear this from from him on that, uh, about how excited he is about one player in particular, but kind of the group overall, this Kirby Smart on inside linebacker.
1: Excited about the guys we have at inside backer. You know, I mean, those guys were, I was excited about those guys last year. They didn't get an opportunity to uh, flash and show their talents because of the three guys we had. But, you know, uh, Smile Munden is as good an athlete as I've seen. He has to increase his physicality, his toughness. Um, He missed spring. Um, because of a, a shoulder surgery, but he's put on some good solid weight. He's a really good athlete. He played a lot of snaps on special teams. Pop played a lot of snaps on special teams. Core linebackers get valuable experience on special teams before they're the feature guy. So both those two guys got a lot of experience. Sorey's come a long way. Tresman and Ryan are healthy. Jaden Walker's out there doing a good job. And then you got Lightsey. So when you start looking across the inside linebacker group as a whole, I mean, I'm I'm fired up to see what the guys can do.
0: I mean, can you imagine that? Kirby Smart, the athletes that he's seen, the, the kind of timid approach he sometimes takes when it comes to complimenting players who he's looking to see more from. Smart kind of sometimes throws those compliments around like they're, you know, cross ties. And he's not exactly tossing free compliments around, but saying of Smile and a guy who we didn't see in the spring because of a shoulder injury, but now back, and we do expect him to be a major competitor for playing time. Smart says he is as good an athlete as I've seen, that's high praise from a guy like Smart, who's seen some great athletes. And at the end there, for Smart to say, once again, a guy who chooses his words carefully and typically pretty measured in statements like this to say, listen, I'm fired up about what this group might bring to the table. Well, let me tell you something you already know. If Kirby Smart is fired up, then you want to be fired up there as well. And nothing's a given for the upcoming season. Georgia's going to obviously face some challenges. I mean, you look at the two teams that are going to be rated ahead of Georgia in the national championship race, the Alabama and Ohio State, you already know how formidable a duo of foes that is for the dogs, and even just getting back in the spot where you can compete for a national championship, not an easy thing either. There's a reason that no one's done it in a decade; it's not an easy thing to do. But for the people who are going to tell you, "Ah, oh, Georgia lost too much. There's not enough left over for Georgia to be at that top national elite level," I'd take Kirby Smart's words pretty seriously on that. And the fact that Smart, I think, when we've seen public remarks from him thus far this summer has kind of come across as a guy who's a little bit confident, who I think feels pretty good about his team. I think you get some evidence there why that's the case. In fact, let me give you one more on this. And this is something that also echoes what we've talked about quite a bit. And this kind of sounds like sort of like spin control or something like that, but I think there is a degree to which this is true, is that while you'd love to have all the players that won last year's national championship coming back and trying to do that again, it would at least make the job easier. However, knowing that they're gone and knowing that you've got new players in their place, some guys playing for the first time ever, and in other cases, guys playing a lot more this year than they played in the past, there is actually potentially one thing about that that maybe in a roundabout way ends up being a semi-good thing for UGA, that the hunger that may have been satiated for players that just got over the hump last year, well, guess what? The players who are stepping in this year They're just as hungry as ever because they didn't get their hand on that trophy and they didn't get the national awards and they didn't get the NFL draft pick money those Georgia players got last year. It's their turn to do that this year, the new crowd of Georgia players. And Smart says because of that, he's not worried about complacency at all. This is good stuff from Kirby again.
1: I've been on national championship teams that won it all that I was concerned about complacency because there's a lot of back. We don't really have that problem. So it's not a problem inherent to us in terms of complacency. Okay. I, I worry about complacency every year for a guy that started and played for two years. But that was regardless of the record. Like it didn't matter if you won eight games, 10 games, 12 games, or 15 games. You worry about a guy being comfortable that has started multiple years and Kenny grows. So a lot of that's intrinsic within him of how good does he want to be? How great does he want to be? Does he want to continue to grow, develop? Does he want to improve his opportunity for the NFL? Does he want to be the best he can possibly be? Because I know the guys who haven't played are hungry. We have to keep the guys who have hungry.
0: So let me see if I can kind of wrap all this up by saying this, that clearly Georgia lost some unquestionably great players from a year ago, five first round picks on defense. It's all been well-documented. And it's not fair to expect every single player who's playing in place with some of those other players to be as great this year as some of those guys were before. That's probably just too high a level of expectation. And I don't know anyone who seriously believes that's going to happen anyway, but is what you also probably also know even if you maybe haven't quite formulated this thought in your mind this way the recipe for winning a national championship is this on both sides of the ball you've got to be great somewhere and probably in a couple of somewheres but you've got to be great somewhere and at least good everywhere you can't be bad anywhere if you want to win a national championship the threshold what it takes to get across the hump has just gotten too intense. And the level of talent at places like Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama, those teams, even Clemson to a degree, those teams that we think of as the top contenders, the overall level of talent just gotten so high that if you have a true weakness anywhere, it's just going to be exploded. You've got to, I should say exploited. You've got to be at least good everywhere and great a couple of somewheres. Well, we know if you want to keep it to defense for a moment, Georgia's got some greatness there. You've got probably the best defensive lineman in the country in Jalen Carter. You've got maybe the best cornerback in the country in Keeley Ringo. You've got a guy like Nolan Smith who could be ready to truly emerge. We've talked about him a lot as of late. But also what you shouldn't lose sight of is, is that Georgia also has the chance to put a lot of good around the other spots where it's great. Year two, Jamon Dumas Johnson can be a good, solid contributor. The next step for a guy like Smile Mondin can be a good, solid contributor. And don't lose sight of the role that could play in the overall story for a program like Georgia here this year. Kirby Smart says a lot of great players are gone, but there's a lot of talent waiting the wings to show what they're all about. And coming up on September 3rd, the entire country may find out just how true that is. My name's Brandon Adams and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented today by Pella window and door of Georgia and happy to have you with us. We broadcast live here from the Corky Kell classic kickoff, luncheon, getting things started uh, in high school football next week. And happy to be a part of all of that with you here today, obviously all across all platforms a big thanks to our friends at Pella window and door of Georgia for making it possible, you know, they can equip your house with energy efficient windows and doors. Now I gotta be honest with you for a second. Um, I try to sit here in the uh, banquet hall where we're doing the show from today in a spot where I got enough light. So we look good on the air. But guess what? Uh, When you sit this close to windows the way I am right now, it's a little hot over here. I'm not going to lie, especially with the sport coat on, which if you're watching on video, you see me wearing radio podcast. You don't see that, but I am a little bit more dressed up than normal. And that means the sweats kind of flowing here a little bit, or at least it kind of wants to. That's what happens when you don't have the kind of quality windows and doors that Pella window and door of Georgia provides. Because this time of year, when you have those great high quality Pella products in your house, they keep the energy where it's supposed to be that cool air from your air conditioning vents it doesn't creep outside your house or just kind of float off into the ether wherever it goes no it stays right there all around you just kind of keeping you bathed in coolness which is a great thing or when you talk about some of the elements this time of year that we see from storms things like that properly sealed high quality products like Pella windows and Pella doors they also keep the outside stuff where it's supposed to be on the outside of your house which is definitely what you want that's what Pella is all about and you hear me talk about it maybe the next step for you is to talk about someone who actually knows a lot more about this than I do one of those Pella experts you can have a no pressure consultation with them they'll walk you through all of the installation options the products themselves and kind of why for such a long time and survey after survey homeowners right here in the Atlanta area where I am have recognized Pella window and door of Georgia as really the, the market leader in these kind of products. Make your house look better on the outside, feel better on the inside. It's what Pella is all about. Also savings opportunities for you too. Between now and August 18th, you can get $200 off windows, $400 off doors, or payments as low as $99 a month. So make sure you take advantage of that the website. Pella of slash dog nation. That's Pella of ga.com slash dog nation. You also give them a call 678-638-1496. 678-638-1496. As they say on TV, when you reach out to them, make sure you tell them that BA from Dog Nation Daily sent you because I know they are going to take great care of you because I know that Pella window indoor of Georgia is viewed to be the best. We're going to welcome in John Stinchcombe here coming up in a moment. Have a fun conversation with him. Before we do that, though, let's do a brief version of Around the Doghouse, assisted today by AAA. Now, this weekend, kind of a fun weekend for Georgia football fans, for really reasons that have nothing to do with the current version of Georgia football. This weekend in Canton, Ohio, we saw former great Georgia defensive lineman Richard Seymour enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Kirby Smart, who we heard from a moment ago, actually started his press conference the other day with a special shout out to Seymour. Kirby knows him having been a former teammate of his and obviously proud to see him now in Canton with that bust on display forever. This was Kirby congratulating Seymour just the other day.
1: Big congratulations to Richard Seymour, who I had the great uh, fortune of playing with here and he'll be going into the uh, NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, he's, he's been a just incredible uh, representative of our university is a great player here and a teammate. Um I know we got several guys on our staff that'll be uh going to travel and and, and be with him for that uh great honor. So congratulations to Richard.
0: And during the the speech that Seymour gave you the day, you actually kind of saw uh Brian Gant. I know it's one of the guys that was there and you know a collection of Georgia staffers who were celebrating and having a good time with Seymour during his speech and of course Kirby talked about the fact that uh, Seymour has been such a good representative of UGA for such a long time. He actually even mentioned Georgian, gave a special shout out to the dogs during that Hall of Fame induction speech. A lot of you have already seen this, but if you missed it, here's the former dog, Richard Seymour, showing some love to UGA in Canton, Ohio, on the steps of the Pro Football Hall of Fame over the weekend. It doesn't get any better than that. Here's Seymour.
2: Because of my family, I was well positioned for success as a young player at the University of Georgia. Hey. The national championship bulldogs. I might add, we got any dogs in the house.
0: (laughs) So I don't have to tell you this, that as somebody who grew up watching Seymour play, seeing him being inducted into the pro football hall of fame, shouting out Georgia for having won the national championship. I gotta tell you, for me and a lot of y'all, that's like dying and going to football heaven, right? I mean, uh, we remember Seymour as a player, and you see the way in which he represented Georgia in the NFL for such a long time. And when you watched him play, you know, a national championship it was this thing that Georgia fans kind of wondered, you know, when they'd get a chance to see their team do that. Well, all these years later, Seymour showing that love for that national title for the Dogs, right there in uh, Canton, Ohio. I think that's a great thing to be able to see, and I, I know for a lot of you, you enjoyed that as much as I did. And look, here's the thing that I think is maybe more true than ever when it comes to college football. I'm gonna use a word that not everybody loves, and maybe at time, from time to time, I don't really love it either, but it's pretty obvious how important that is for college football. Now that's the idea of being a brand. We used to think of these teams as teams or programs. Now we think of them as brands. And unfortunately, brands just kind of matter, right? to to have a big brand that's the ticket you need to be in what we kind of think of as the super conferences now if you don't have a big brand you're not making your way into the uh big 10 you're not making your way into the sec you know the 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 lesser leagues the pac-12 the big 12 the acc the ones just sort of fighting to hold on and survive the reason why their position isn't stable the reason why their future isn't certain is because their brands just aren't big enough so we don't always love that word. We don't always love thinking about college football as a business, but the business part of this does matter. And if you're a Georgia fan, the good news here is, is your brand does matter. And your brand seemingly keeps getting bigger because of national championships on the field, but also because of guys like Richard Seymour going into the pro football hall of fame and then shouting out UGA while doing that. The players that you know are already having very good training camps, rookie players around Georgia and the attention they got, the NFL draft, all of this adds together to sort of speak to. Just the growing brand of UGA in a time in which the way in which you sort of grow as a as a program and the the size and the resource you have as a program have never mattered more. There's never been a better job for the Georgia brand to be shining as brightly as it is right now. And obviously, big thanks to Richard Seymour if you're a UGA fan for helping make that even more true going back to last week. I want to talk to John Stinchcomb about this coming up in a moment, who's kind enough to join us via Zoom today as we're live here, at the College of Ball. Not the College Football Hall of Fame. We're just talking about the pro football. We're not at the College Football Hall of Fame today. So if you're in downtown Atlanta, don't go looking for us because we're not here. But we will have a giant stench come on hand here in a moment. Let me remind you, that's around the doghouse. It's assisted today by our friends at AAA. And of course, you know roadside assistance come to AAA. You hear me talking about that all the time. That's one of the ways in which they take care of us. But also, home insurance through AAA. There are lots of ways in which that's a good thing for you too, including including picking up on that claim-free reward. That's when you earn cash back every policy year that you remain claim-free. So AAA wants to take good care of you when things go well for you like that. And the claim-free reward is one of those great ways they can do that. So you can go to AAA.com slash home insurance to find out more details on this or give them a call, 833-718-2075. Let me give you that one more time. AAA.com slash home insurance or the phone number 833-718-2075. I'm happy to have AAA as a part around the doghouse for us here today now because we're slightly different being on the road here i'll dispense with like the pomp and circumstance john won't be a pro wrestler and get his intro music here today we'll just kind of bring him on board here john we talked about richard seymour a moment ago and listen i think you and i think of football as sport we think of our favorite team as something we enjoy cheering for we don't think of it as a sort of a you know a p and l state but a, you know profit and loss state we don't think of it as a business but but it but college ball is increasingly becoming that and just like other forms of business, brands do kind of matter. And while that's not always the most fun thing to think about, if it's going to be true, you want your favorite team to have a big old brand. Well, guess what? Having guys like Seymour going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, having Zamir White and Trayvon Walker in the first preseason game of the night, having Georgia be a huge topic at the combine, the draft, seemingly every Super Bowl, which we can also thank you for being a big part of, you know, those are ways in which Georgia leverages the NFL to grow its own brand. And I don't know, as, as a fan of this team, I think that's kind of cool. And I'm guessing as a stakeholder yourself, you probably kind of agree.
2: couldn't agree more. And let me just say the brand of Brandon Adams is looking awful sharp today. Look at you all dressed up, <laughs> tied up. Man, you look good. I appreciate uh, and, that. And we're, Georgia's sounding good, too. It's, a, it's become a national brand. You, you put us on the map in so many different ways. You win a national championship, but also uh, the ambassadors that represent the university in so many different ways uh, highlighted this past week by Richard Seymour's induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What a great honor for him. You know, unique talent, obviously, if you're inducted into the, the Hall of Fame, but just what a great brand ambassador for the University of Georgia and just one of many representatives of uh, how the University of Georgia has made such a great impact and led and been an instrumental step for so many on their path to uh, remarkable careers and in football and outside of football. but uh, as a brand i don't I don't know if we've ever been higher in value than what we are right now, and it comes at a great time, especially when high school players are you know looking across the country for what can add value to their own personal track and career. And they want to attach their name to a logo and uh, a brand that can only add value. Do you know Richard Seymour?
0: How I know his time at Georgia predates yours. You're much younger. Um, But do you, uh, do you know uh, Seymour? Did you get to know him during your time in the NFL?
2: Well, yeah, well, I, I played with him first two years. Um, I had my intro to the SEC via Richard Seymour as a. I mean, y'all are on the uh, same.
0: Boy, I'm getting old. I'm just, it's getting hard for me to remember. Y'all are on the same team together. I thought I thought he was gone before you got
2: there. Uh, through my sophomore year. So okay, see, I'm sorry. I come I in. Ba, it was uh, you know I come in. I'm a highly recruited athlete. I've been told by a number of coaches that you know, in my mind, I'm going to revolutionize the game. I'm going to gift any team that I become a part of, you know, this superior (laughs) athlete and player, right? So I fully intended to go to Georgia and just bump somebody right out of the way. Well, first scrimmage in Sanford stadium, lined up at guard across from Richard Seymour. And I can distinctly remember offensive line coach, Chris Selfo on repeat on loop time and time again, showing Richard Seymour, Barely slowing me down. I am barely slowed him down as I don't know what hit first, my numbers or my helmet, as, as he just ran right over me. Uh, so with Richard Seymour and Marcus Stroud and, you know, that entire defensive front, Demetri Kevins and Charles Grant, uh, you either had to to grow up and get better uh, pretty fast or, or you were going to be uh, nothing but chopped liver and, and meat for the animals and tigers across from you.
0: We joke about this from time to time, but that's not an easy thing to commit yourself to do each and every day, right? And we see people all the time. They quit things and they don't have immediate success. It's hard to to try your best at something and also not be great at it right away. I imagine you probably – we joke about this, and it's funny to talk about, but you probably did learn a lot about yourself when you thought you were the bull of the woods and you walked onto a campus and saw guys who were more mature, you know, sort of more – You know, just sort of larger, older. I'm sure that was uh, an incredible lesson to try to learn of, okay, how do I just sort of come back again tomorrow when I'm, you know, taking what I'm taking from guys like this or on the way to Canton, Ohio?
2: Well, you got to grow up fast. And I hope for a number of these young athletes that they they know that's good for them. It was good for me to know that uh, the bar is set higher than where I'm at right now. And, rather than looking for the exit door or looking for an opportunity where I can play right now. You know, I've heard Teron Matthew talk about it, of him being behind the guys that he was has only made him a a better player. And uh, I I can distinctly remember Quentin Moses, uh, you know, one of the defensive ends that went on to a great career in Georgia. I would frustrate him as an older guy and when he mm. be- went with the Dolphins, you know, he signed on, yeah. played with the Miami Dolphins. We're playing them in 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 preseason and it was pretty obvious he had a bone to pick and was out to prove himself to be no longer that 18-year-old incoming freshman uh that he was a, a much more mature player and he was a, he was a great player and God rest his soul because of right. the tragedy that ended his life. But Uh, that's what makes guys great in my opinion is is you go up against those that are more mature and better than you and and further along and you push yourself so to early on in my career to have that experience to play against a Richard Seymour future hall of famer a great player who is uh, antagonistic shall we say and relentless in his efforts to be truly dominant it makes you better. And for, for young players, rather than looking for that instant opportunity and instant gratification of um, having a, an, a, an opportunity given to you, a spot given to you, having to work for it and, and cut your chops early against those that are better, um, I think makes the entire team better, makes your career better, and, and gives you that fortitude and persistence that you need to really excel and maximize yourself as a player.
0: So up until this point in the show, everything was going really smooth. At least I thought it was. And yet, right about now, lost our signal, lost our connection, and things sort of fell apart for a moment. So on video, I was away from the broadcast. John was trying to fill in without me. And then I popped back in after that without the strong connection I had before. I had to use my cell phone. The point is we're going to pick back up with the show at that point here right now it is not the same audio quality that we're sort of used to but I am going to include it and let you decide if that's something that you can tolerate or not we'll be back in our normal format again tomorrow I'm sorry for the inconvenience on that obviously we had a lot of fun things planned and not all of that we were able to do here today but did want to give you a heads up about all of that and hope you have a great day. And of course, we'll check in back with you again tomorrow, but for now, here's the rest of the show, at least in some form. And we appreciate you as always being here on dog nation daily presented by Palo window and door of Georgia. John, I am so sorry about that. This is uh certainly above and beyond the call of duty. If you have to pinch it for me for such a long time and I have no idea what happened to my Wi-Fi a moment ago, but it just completely died on me. So here I am now outside the building and joining by phone and there's no telling, you know, uh, how this is going to go. But nonetheless, I appreciate you uh, holding on the uh, fort there for a minute while I was gone. But let me bring you into something else, and I'm sure you may be talking about this for a minute while I wasn't here. I think there's been some interesting reports coming out about the Georgia offensive line here over the course of the, the last couple of days, and it's specific at the guard spot. And to me, guard has been maybe the most interesting position group for me, for Georgia, this preseason because of I think you and I've talked about this before that's where I think Georgia has a big chance to take a big step forward and create maybe a higher level of whether you want to come explosive runs or just you know just you know more prolific running game you know production from the guard spots give you a chance to do that I, I sort of think of guard as one of those positions where I kind of want a street fighter there I, I think that's a little bit of what Tate rattledge is you know you don't take a lot of guards to SEC media days. They're not always team spokesmen for you, the way that centers or tackles might be. They're a little more like bar bouncer type types. And I certainly think that Ratledge is that. And for a couple of days now, media, who's been at Georgia practice, opposite Ratledge, you were happy to see back healthy again. If you're a Georgia fan, you know, you, you've kind of seen You know, a, a guy over there that kind of also, I think, has a chance to sort of – Devin Willick, who has a chance to kind of be, I'd say, a similar version of that there at left tackle. And listen, ultimately, Georgia fans just won five good ones. But the fact that a guy like Willick seems to be outperforming what his recruiting ranking, what one time suggested he was, and and really being a major factor in this competition, I think at the very least that's interesting, and it might actually be really good for UGA.
2: I love it. I, here, here's what I love is that just based on what what we've seen and what's been reported so far in this camp, it doesn't matter whether you came in as a four star or a five star or who gets the most accolades. What they're looking for is the best five and Willick isn't the household name that some of the others are. I mean, obviously with Mims and Jones and there are some guys that get most of the attention from the media and from fans and from the uh, social platforms that know these household names, but at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. What you're looking for is who gives us the best opportunity to move the ball, create plays. And if it's a big name, great. If it's not, who cares? I think back to the days of uh, being with the Saints, you draft a couple running backs and then we get an undrafted player from Illinois who's a little bit slow from that top end speed guy. But yet nobody can tackle him. And it, it takes two or three hits before he goes down and goes on to be, you know, it's Pierre Thomas versus the highly drafted uh, Ohio State running back who is a, a second day guy. And we end up keeping Pierre undrafted, has a great career as the Saints Hall of Fame. And it doesn't matter. Once you get in that locker room, once you take the field and practice, it's who performs the best, who gives us that best opportunity. And with a guy like Willett, who came in and obviously from day one has been grinding and, and, and getting better as a player, um, you know, uh, Coach Marone is back with the Saints, offensive line coach. And he said never confuse effort with production and at the end of the day that's what we're all looking for right we want we want production on the field who gives us that best opportunity to produce and I don't really care who it is I don't care uh, whether it's a, a whole new slate of five guys or what
0: you know one of the things that Kirby Smart is going to be pretty emphatic about and he has been really for a number of years this year no different about the idea that these practices right now are not about Oregon. You know, I'm excited about the Georgia-Oregon game. I'm interested in the Georgia-Oregon game. Uh, But Georgia is not interested in Oregon yet. There is kind of a, a camp mentality to this, which probably fits in pretty well with what you were used to in the NFL, where you did have a true training camp, but eventually you kind of broke camp. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, for these college practices right now, it's a similar type of thing in place. And Kirby has even talked about how, They've kind of borrowed some of the wisdom from NFL players, uh, you know, the different phases of the sort of summer preseason schedule about how you kind of renew your mind and uh, and refocus your attention at the various parts of it. For these players right now, whether it be a guy who kind of thinks he's going to start but is going to be doing that for the first time this year or for a position where they're just outright playing time up for grabs, how do you as a player make sure you utilize this time on the football calendar before you get into true game prep for Oregon, kind of knowing who's going to be on the field for you, how do you make this opportunity right now work for you by making sure you're one of the guys that's a part of that game plan once the dogs do start getting ready for the Ducks,
2: oh Well, you, you're in a bubble. The outside world doesn't exist. Oregon doesn't exist right now. No, no, no other team in the SEC matters. It's not about how do we beat Alabama. Uh-uh. None of that. It's all insulated how do I put myself as a cornerstone for this team offensively defensively doesn't matter how do I become that guy that they can rely on that we can count on as I battle internally I mean everything right now is about Georgia it's about the guys across from you the guy next to you and you becoming that integral piece to this puzzle so it does not matter about Oregon there will be a shift there will be a tangible shift and this was is, it was more pronounced in the NFL, but it was certainly there at Georgia where right now it's just identifying who are the guys that we're going to count on. Who are the guys that's the first line? And, and as we've seen, Georgia deploys a number of rotational players. So even if you're not a starter, how do you uh, get in, in that equation? Linebacker, cornerback, doesn't matter, tight end, wide receiver. I mean, the starters that you know that's on paper you look at the number of reps guys take and what they're fighting for right now is relevance i want to be in that equation i want to be a part of that rotation of guys that they can count on now from that it becomes how do i keep myself on the field for every single play but there is no thought of oregon right now it's all georgia 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 and that's the way it should be you're battling against the your your own team but you know (laughs) As you get deeper into this training camp, there's fights and those kind of things because you get sick of the guy across from you. They get sick of you, but everybody is competing to show that, uh, you know, I'm the alpha, I'm the top dog. Then when you get a week or probably a week and a half out from Oregon, the coaches have probably shifted their preparation, but you as a player, you shift your focus, and you also are aware across the team of – where you stand, where, where you are in that pecking order is uh, to whether you're not, you're going to be a part of this or just still developing and, and your shot will come later. I want to be respectful for your time, John, and I've kept you long, but let me get
0: one more thing for me before we let you go. I talked about this before you joined us back when my wife, I was still working, of you know, Kirby Smart really, I think, not really hedging very much, at the beginning of his press conference the other day and talking about what Georgian still has on this roster and what it has a chance to to put out there on the field in place of some very very talented and in some cases truly great players who are no longer in this program. The fact that, as Mark said, that he still feels really good about some of the guys that are in some of those roles, including specifically, you know, talking a little bit more about the inside linebacker position. You know, how much do you take from that, the idea that I think there are a lot of people that either because they just think this is naturally what's supposed to happen, or maybe something about Georgia being, you know, a team that has not won multiple national championships that that people just don't expect it from UGA. But the idea that there's going to be some huge level of regression because a lot of guys who did help Georgia win a national championship are no longer here. You know, certainly Smart and didn't seem willing to concede that last week as someone who's been through a lot of football seasons and you know kind of knows what you know the value of a veteran player is. You know, where do you kind of come down on that, the idea that Georgia still wants to be a contender this year, even though big names are now playing on Sundays instead of Saturdays?
2: Sure. Well, I think one of the hardest things to do is get to the top, right, and and reach that pinnacle. And maybe harder is to stay there. So in college, you look, uh, what are some other examples of teams that were able to do it year in and year out and stay in that national championship hunt? You don't have to go too far. There are neighbors to the West, and they've been able to string seasons together. Do they replace players on an annual basis due to the attrition that the draft causes? Absolutely. So how did they do that? How how did they bridge that gap from being that national champion to uh, replacing a number of players that go on to play in the NFL and then get back to that national championship game and win it? And what they've done is they recruit really well. They develop players really well. When you lose a player, right behind them is another guy, another stud that is just chomping at the bit and hungry for that opportunity and has been working to be ready when that opportunity comes. And I think that's what Georgia is set up for. It, you know, the, the stark contrast is what we saw in LSU in 2019, a cautionary tale where you've got guys that come in And then behind it is not a lot. You've, uh, you know, Burrow was a transfer. They relied on a number of players that were really peaking at that, you know, their premier. And then behind it, the the cupboards were virtually bare. That's not Georgia's situation. They continued to recruit and hone skills and uh, retained. Was there loss? Was there loss to the draft? Was there loss to, transfer portal? Yes. Does that mean that they Georgia is not very talented? Of course not. I, in my opinion, they are, there are three teams that have elite level, uh, talent and Georgia is one of those three. So there are other teams that maybe, uh, maximize more than what they have on paper. But if Georgia is able to, to maximize what they do have on paper, then they're in the hunt already and they just have to continue to work and earn what, what they should be. And that's a nationally championship relevant team at the end of this year. John, incredible
0: stuff. Thank you so much. And even, you know, beyond call of duty in terms of uh, stepping in while I wasn't on board there. So I certainly appreciate that and always love getting your insight there on UGA. It's truly valuable and hope you have a great week. We'll look forward to talking to you soon here on dog nation daily presented by Palo endo and of Georgia.
2: I appreciate it, BA, and thank you for the walking tour of the, the beautiful grounds that you're currently find yourself on. So, so I appreciate you doing some
0: real work. They're trying to edge around here. They're trying to make sure these grounds <laughs> look look very good. So, I'm trying to stay out of the way of the edgers. So, uh, they've got an important job to do. While I'm doing is talking college football, so I'm trying to stay out of their way and obviously keep the the uh, yard equipment noise from bleeding in too much in the show. So, uh, it's always an adventure today, no different. So, thank you so much, John, and we certainly appreciate your time.
2: And I appreciate y'all. Go dogs!
0: All right. Good stuff there from John Stinchcomb. And uh, always glad to have him on Dog Nature Daily presented by Palo Window and Door of Georgia. And obviously, you know, a thousand sorrows related to the, <laughs> the uh, technical difficulties. I mean, I just felt like things were going so smoothly. And it's one of those things where you just you can never sort of count on anything. But I was actually sort of sitting there as John was talking and we'd kind of gone through 20 minutes of the show feeling like, hey, you know what? it's going pretty well. Everything's going to go, going well. It's always a little bit of adventure when you're kind of on the road or you know, kind of doing things away from home. But I sort of felt like, Hey, you know what? This is actually kind of going well. We got here early, got set up and ready to go and just wifi just completely dropped out on us, just completely disappeared. And even stepping out of the building, not able to get much better. So uh that's the way that it goes. And uh, you probably see me just like pouring sweat now because I'm standing outside. It's probably, 8,000 degrees Kelvin where I'm at right now. So that's a little bit of an issue. So we're just going to kind of try to power through it on the off chance anyone's still watching and just try to have a good time and try to do a few more minutes. And then obviously we'll come back tomorrow in our normal circumstances and see if we can, uh, see if we can have a good time back in the friendly confines, of the studio tomorrow while I'll be in air conditioned comfort and just kind of rolling on and having a good time. So let me do a little bit of a makeshift version of our sec through here and uh, after that we'll probably just get ready to wrap up because i can't really take comments when i'm doing the show on the phone uh the way we are right now so let me do this of course we cruise around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and at this exact moment i have never wanted to be on a royal caribbean cruise ship more than i want to be right now i would just absolutely love to uh bling my eyes and be on the caribbean and the bahamas and have a sea breeze blowing in my face and put all of this behind me that would make me very happy right now but i can't do that but you can do it very soon and it's just a great time to be on a royal caribbean cruise ship our friends the Cruise and vacation authority can help you out with all of that you see their information right there on the screen if you're watching on video of course the website tcava.com you can check them out there and they just do good stuff for us you know whether it be one of those three or four night sailings you want a seven night sailing Whatever you want from our friends at Royal Caribbean uh, as we head towards, uh, you know, late 2022, end of summer, going into the fall. Great time to be on a cruise ship. Uh, some great savings uh, there around that. Or as you start heading into early 2023, this is just a great time to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. And our friends, at the Cruise and Vacation Authority can help you out and let you take great advantage of that. So let's do a little bit of a makeshift SEC through, or as we call it around here, cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. A lot of you sent this to me. A lot of you saw this. So, Brenton Cox, the uh, former dog, edge rusher, now at Florida, finishing up his Florida career here this year, had a tweet that he deleted. Some of you sent it to me before it was uh, deleted. I'll show you on the screen here kind of what the uh, tweet looks like now with no evidence that it ever even existed. Just deleted tweet. But prior to that, basically kind of a little bit of a trash talk in the direction of Georgia Bulldogs, feeling pretty good about all of this, and you know, there is one part of this that just sort of seems sort of silly, you know, player just kind of having fun during the off season, maybe prior to the start of the upcoming season. But in the case of Florida, there is a reason, I think, this kind of matters more than, than maybe you might think. It's simply related to the fact that this kind of silliness has been a little bit of a hallmark for the Florida program now for kind of quite some time. You know, go back and think about Jim McElwain in 2017 and. Chauncey Gardner and some of the stuff that was said prior to that game against Georgia when everybody knew that Florida was you know, in such bad shakes that it was likely that McIlwain could get fired. In fact, he did get fired shortly after you know, Georgia beat Florida 42-7 that year. Almost shut him out, which would have been the Gators' first shutout since 1987. Then in 2018 you had some of the same kind of stuff. You, you may remember at the time prior to that 2018 game against Georgia, there were a lot of statements kind of plastered on the weight room whether it be Dan Mullen's statement of a blind squirrel finding a nut, which kind of started our, um, uh, you know, uh, Eddie the blind squirrel and some of that kind of stuff or some things that some other Georgia players had kind of set around that same, or I should say Florida players set around that same time. That was also a source of motivation for Georgia during the Dan Mullen era there as well. That that's kind of been what Florida has been about in recent years. This has sort of been a, a little bit of an unserious program. And that's a change. You know, you want to go back years ago when, Urban Meyer was head coach. Georgia fans have always hated Florida, but they at least respected them back then when Steve Spurrier was head coach. Georgia fans hated Florida, maybe even a little jealous of Florida, but they always respected them. In recent years, the hatred for Florida has gone up and up and up. But as Georgia fans' hatred for Florida keeps going up, the actual respect that Georgia fans have for the program has kind of gone down. It's not just because Florida's not winning the way they once did, It's the way in which they're not winning. They have become kind of an unserious program. In fact, let me give you an example from last year. You remember the great halftime speech that that Kirby Smart gave to the Georgia players? We all loved it. It was very profane. We can't play it in its actual, you know, real form on a show like this. And you may remember at one point in time, I kind of took my own sort of family-friendly spin on this, kind of edited it down so it works for a show like this. But when you listen to the words that Smart uses, I think it's a reminder of just the level of kind of disrespect or lack of respect that a lot of Georgia fans have for Florida based on the kind of program that it's become. Smart's words from that great halftime speech may be a reminder of that. So let's have some fun, and let's hear that as I stand out here in the uh, baking sun. This was from halftime Georgia, Florida a year ago. You know what, Flipping. Flipping.
2: We flipping. Stop. Behinds. We are disciplined. Physically, physically, I want to
0: break them. I'm
2: talking about flipping. Breaking.
0: Gentlemen. i see this at all. Here's something that we once had some fun with uh, at one point in time in, in the past. But the point here is you heard Smart say, hey, don't say anything to them. Let them be in discipline. You don't say anything to them. You. Just point to the scoreboard, and that's kind of the difference between the two programs right now. And that's why the Brenton Cox tweet, I think, matters a little bit. I think for Billy Napier as he begins his Florida career, it becomes the 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 kind of maybe even a kind of a line of demarcation of is Florida still going to continue to be an unserious program where players talk trash on social media with almost no chance of actually backing up the things they say? That's what Florida's been with its least its last two coaches. Certainly, Mullen McIlwain, that's been kind of what the program's been all about. Is that still going to be what it's about under Billy Napier? That's what a lot of us think we'll be watching in on when we take a look at uh, all of this. So uh, that is our cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean and our SEC through. And this is a bit of a mess. So let me just get ready to wrap up uh, by telling you this. Check out dognation.com and for the Dog Nation fan poll presented by the Atlanta Braves. You can vote on this week's poll question. You can also uh, register for your chance to win a family four-pack of tickets courtesy of our friends at the Atlanta Braves. We're teaming up with the Braves. Let you have your voice be heard there at dognation.com, but also have a chance to uh, enjoy a great night at Truist Park with the Atlanta Braves. So good stuff from the Braves there at dognation.com with our Dog Nation fan poll. Also, uh, check out our Gator Hater Updater, Gator Hater Countdown. We have a good time uh, doing all of that. And our Golden Shoe, our buddy Mad Dog, uh showing this off to you speaking of making fun of those lousy stinking gators mad dog had a good one the other day about people not liking to wear a mask but they'll still show up wearing that orange and blue which most of us would say is uh more uncomfortable and unenjoyable than actually having to wear one of those masks around so uh pretty funny stuff from mad dog there on that as said before gator hater updater we count it down every day long time since ford has won a national championship but creeping up every day much much sooner as each day passes Georgia getting ready to go back to Jacksonville, we we'll beat up on the Florida Gators again. That's our Gatorator countdown. This is Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window Indoor of Georgia, and we will be back to normal, thankfully, again tomorrow.